Welcome to Toad's Tunes. My name is Toad. Tonight, I got another opportunity to sit down with Sam Grow. We talked food, a little bit of drinking, the music biz, you know, the ups and downs. We talked about Clark County. Of course we did. We talked about his favorite song. If I told you what it is, would you still listen? Shh, it's the blame. We talked about Eric Church. We even talked about songs about Jordan. You know what? Enough, enough. Let's get to know Sam Grow. Welcome to Toad's Tunes, sitting here again with Mr. Sam Grow. You're back in Vegas. Yeah, man. And you're back at Stoney's Rockin' Country. Can't keep me away. I love I love saying this, because it's like one of those things I don't get to say very often. But about last night. Yeah. Your first show at Vegas, in yeah. Vegas at Stoney's Rockin' Country. First official show, we'll call it. Yeah, the first one, we, the first quote-unquote show we had to hide. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking that was about. A, yeah, it was a secret one. And that one was good and fun. Yeah, that was like a speakeasy. It was a <laughs> speakeasy show. I like those words, yeah. speakeasy. Dude, so we had fun last night. Blast. Uh, sold every damn table in this place. Hell yeah. You got me to drink a couple shots. Always. Otherwise, I completely failed my mission. <laughs> I don't want to have to be like adding you to that list of guys I just can't kick it with because y'all get me drunk. Can't do that. Or get me drinking. See, I feel like it... The kind of drunk I get you is a good level of drunk. I don't like push it, you know. I just just knocks the edge off. Plus, I felt like we needed to celebrate, dude. You bet on me, and we got a freaking sold out show. So I felt like we had to do something, celebrate, you know, like to celebrate a little bit. I'll agree. I think we need to come up with like some sort of a scale on when I drink, because McDonald's is, you know, that's like the lighter side of it all. Yeah. But if I end up at Jag in the Box and McDonald's, that's a little bit more. And then if I end up at Roberto's, I don't know if you've ever had Roberto's here. I haven't. Um, might have to talk about that one a little bit later, but Roberto's is like the the Mexican Mexican food, and it's a drive through, and it's oh shit, rolled is it tacos. Because like, dude, I love Del Taco. It, like when I because we don't have that in Tennessee, ah. so like when you can roll through and get some like f- literally fast food, high quality, you know, fish battered tacos. I yeah. was like, this is amazing. They give you a lime and everything. I was like, this is amazing. Roberto's is legit. They're authentic. Oh man, they're authentic fast food. <laughs> Mexican, that's what oh, I need to man. say. Authentic Mexican fast food. But that should be like the level for me, I think. That's what I think. So if you're hitting Roberto's, then you know it was a it was a better. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, I'm not driving if we end up at Roberto's. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, our Uber driver last night was so cool. She uh, she picked us up, and then like as we were getting close to the hotel, she goes, you guys hungry? And we were like, yes. And she goes, oh, there's a Taco Bell right over here. Swung in. Let us get some, some Taco Bell. I bought her some, and then, and then we uh, we went back to the hotel. I was like, that was dope. She like asked us. We didn't have to ask her. She knew. Yeah. She picked you up at Stoney's. Yeah, legit. Dude. And then I got thrown up on last night. Yeah, I was gonna go to your to your to your clean boots, bro. <laughs> that was so crazy. Like, and the best part was is that guy literally called you a name am i allowed to say the name yeah absolutely literally called you a pussy because you did a green tea shot yeah and then right after buys me a shot of jack daniels and can't do the shot of jack daniels and blows chunks all over himself and me and my boots Dude, that was but the, hi- the highlight to all that i think you told me this afternoon was that your boots have never been cleaner oh yeah <laughs> i went back to the hotel and washed these bad boys man i'm like that's too much dna on my boots <laughs> <laughs> i had to learn some stuff about you um from your interview you did with Fox 5 that didn't know about, your your background, music, you wanted to play guitar in a rock band. Yeah. 
And um, I think uh, you might have said you just couldn't find a singer that 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 fit what you guys were trying yeah. to do. So dude, I never wanted to be the front guy. I just wanted to be the the. I didn't even want to be the lead guitar player. I just wanted to be the guy that wrote the songs and played rhythm guitar and sang backing vocals. I just wanted to be that other guitar guy in the band. I I never wanted to be the front guy. So let's talk about the transition. So I see you we've had this conversation about some emo types of music and stuff like that and there's a band called Alexis on Fire and one of the guys in that band his name is Dallas Green who's come out now he's City in Color he's sang with Pink total opposite of anything he's ever done so I'm not saying that rock is like that far away from country but what's the transition from doing that just wanting to be a, a like a what do they call that a rhythm guitar player into singing writing playing yeah I couldn't get any of my band members to be as serious as me like I kept trying to tell them like I want this to be my job. You know, I want this to be my... And they would be like, yeah, bro, that'd be so awesome. I'm like, no, not... It would be. Like, it's got to be. I want this right. to be my job. So I can never get them to be as dedicated to staying as a band and any of that. So then I was like, well, I guess I better start just making my own records and, and singing stuff. And then I was making what I thought was straight-up rock music, you know, putting it on records and then the country radio stations in my hometown started playing it. So this is like, you know, it's the era of Al Dean and stuff like that when I was a kid putting out records. So it wasn't too far off for them to put a little distortion guitar on the radio. But I was like, wow, the country stations keep playing my music. Like, it's, I'm trying to get on the rock stations. Right. And they, uh, they were like, well, listen to how you talk and listen to how you sing. Like, <laughs> you're country. There's no way around it. So Do you think... Do you think you're kind of pigeonholed as country now, or because no? Of I love it, dude. Like I, I mean, I always wrote story songs. That was the other thing too. Is like I always have a story in all my songs. Anything that I, I write, I want to live it and want to tell the truth on it. So that was the other part of it. Was every song, even the rock ones that I wrote, were still story songs. So, it, I mean, that's what country is. So where you're at today with all these songs you've written, do you have like a handful that? are your favorite that you're most proud of versus me just asking for your most proud tune because I'm sure that one's tough. I think my favorite song will always be The Blame. Yeah. Uh, just because, it. I mean, that's why I'm here. Changed you as an artist. Yeah, dude. Like that. Tell that story. I know it. Tell yeah. it. I mean, I went through a terrible breakup. The girl was, uh, you know, out taking videos one night after we broke up, just like really showing out, you know, and... I'm heartbroken, went into the right the next day and sat down with two of my uh, writing buddies and told them, like, man, she's just not even acting like how she acted ever in her life. I feel like it's my fault, you know, and I take the blame for it. And then Bryce was like, oh, that's the song title. Let's write the blame. And we did, and then I put it out, and Colt Ford heard it and started asking if I could come out and play some shows. And what's crazy is I put the song out in 2017, Colt didn't hear it until, like, middle of 2018. So it was out. And that's why I tell people all the time, like, I think artists get caught up because of awesome DSPs like Spotify. They get caught up on the numbers, though. So if, like, in the first week they don't see these amazing numbers, they're like, God, the sure. song's a fail, you know? So I tell people all the time, like, you got to let a song sit. If you let the song sit and it's a good enough song, it's going to find the ears that it needs to find, you know? Right. And that's what happened with The Blame. Got me on the road with Colt. Colt watched the band, brought me back to Nashville after a couple of attempts because I didn't trust record labels, and uh, and let me get the record deal, and that's why I'm here. It's awesome. Yeah. Do you in in saying are you a Sam Hunt fan? 
Yeah, I love Snoop. So he disappeared for a while, obviously got in trouble, and he put out that song. I think it was called Downtown's Dead. Yeah. Put it to radio. My, the story I heard is that he personally had it pulled because he didn't like the, he, the response. He, he never wanted to cut it, yeah. He, so they were the label was pressuring him. Sam, the reason why I respect him so much is he's so meticulous about his songwriting. I mean, that Montevallo record, dude, it took him seven years to put that out because every line, he wanted to live with every single line in that song and, and those songs, and anything that he felt like needed to change, even if it was one word, he wanted to change the one word. So they were rushing him to try to get a single out. He never wanted to put it out, so they just had this, you know, a pitch song. He wasn't a writer on it, nothing, and they were like, you need to just cut this so we can put something out. Just to make him relevant or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, which is hilarious, because if they would have just waited, like, a few more months, he was going to put out Body Like a Back Road, which is the biggest crossover song, like, right. you know, ever. But it was coming. They just weren't patient enough. Right. I wasn't a fan of his. I tell this story every now and then. I wasn't a fan of his until, actually, Heather and I were driving to uh, San Diego, and I played Behind the Pines oh on the God. way down there. And I just got a whole new respect for him, a whole new respect for him. And it's kind of like I'm, I've never really been a huge Eric Church fan until this last year and a half, two, two years. Yeah. And my bad, whatever, I never dove into it, but now that I've gone back years and years and years and I've listened to a lot of his live stuff, and that's just what does it for me, is I... And then when he did, um, on the ACMs, he did uh, Stick That In Your Country song. Yeah. We had to take a little break in our interview right here. The county showed up at Stoney's Rockin' Country yet again. So, it's gonna be a little bit of a skip into this next part of the interview, but you know what? Can't hold us down. Uh, that break was brought to you by the county, <laughs> Clark County, Nevada, dude. The second time, man. Second they did time. It, they did it to us last night. We got terrified yeah. the first night, and it was a sellout. And what's crazy is you had that wedding in here, so they sh county shows up because we haven't even gotten to switch over the room, and there's just two massive lines outside. <laughs> there is. And so yeah. just for shits and giggles, uh, before we let anybody in, I went up front, and I just had a quick little powwow. I said, show's at 10 o'clock tonight because it's 9.13. Yeah. Ain't no way. Yeah. Ain't no way. This needs this heart rate needs to go down. Eric Church. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Church fan? Yeah, I love Eric Church. Um, So if we could take one artist, I don't want to say that you would want to be or – Somebody's career and their footsteps that to where they've gotten to today. Is there an artist that you look up to and, and like um, you might take stuff from them to get to the level that you want to be at? Yeah, two big ones for me are uh, Garth Brooks, obviously, and then who's that? Yeah, and then uh, a Ronnie Dunn from Brooks and Dunn. There you go. Yeah, they both have done so many. One, I love that Garth still enjoys going back to playing clubs and that connection the dive bars yeah and for he was a you know he was a honky tonker forever and so was ronnie so there's just a different connection with them on the grind than everybody else and i appreciate that and then of course brooks and dunn got the big old residency in vegas and that's it, something i want that's one of my goals we did talk about that i'll talk about ronnie dunn for a sec i think something that's really cool is i see some a lot of these the bigger artists starting to sit down with newer artists. So he, Ronnie Dunn is now as a single out with uh, Tristan Merez. I don't know if you've listened to. I haven't. Dude, Tristan Merez, I love. Um, I was introduced to him by uh, a regular patron here by the name of Christopher Rickenbaugh. He's like, do you got to check this guy out? And I started talking to him online. And then all of a sudden, um, 
I think it's called Where the Neon Lies. He's got a song out with Ronnie Dunn. Nice. Dude, it's like, and I just sit back and I'm like, at, at what reason, other than the fact that he's a good dude, loves country music, humble enough to remember where he came from, to go sit back with, like, I don't know the true whole story of it, but, dude, that's a big deal. Yeah, man. I, and I think those guys, they got into music with the most genuine start. Like, I think they all, there's something magical about that era of country music where I feel like they really just were doing music because they c couldn't do anything else. That's all they ever wanted to do was right. play music, you know? And it was just a different time, you know? They didn't have all the social media and stuff like that, so the purity of it was way more pure. Now I think that, you know, there's a lot of shaking jobbers in the, you know, our business and, and in our genre now where they they do it because they're like oh look how many likes i can get or sure you know Insta famous yeah man you go back to that era and we'll get out of country and go back to like the rock area there was a place in town here called the junkyard it was on i believe it was on yeah it was on east sahara maybe eastern maryland parkway area but papa roach used to play there dude man one of my favorite bands to watch live dude and they Jacoby's would, a madman. He's a beast. I've seen him probably. And he's still a madman. Eight or nine times I've seen him and uh, seen their band. But when they were playing at the junkyard, they would after the show they would go hustle their tapes and CDs out of yeah. the back of their car, and that was the way to do it back then. And that's the grind, and that goes into the stuff that you do today. Um, so we'll talk 2020. Yeah. Uh, it didn't hold you down. No man. You actually took advantage of an opportunity to get closer to your fans. Yeah. To still play music and tour. And, and do what you love and give people what they were missing out of. Yeah, it was so much fun. The Backyards and Bonfires tour, man. Like, And I, I just love that I've found, because honestly, man, when I thought that it was for real going to happen to where music and playing was going to be taken from me, I, I was so lost. I mean, it's all I've done my whole life, So, and it's all I've ever wanted to do my whole life. So when somebody takes away something like that, obviously I panicked, you know? Yeah. And, the label was like, you know, just stay at home. You'll be fine. We'll figure it out. And I was like 45 days in, and I was like, I'm not going to be fine. Like, I have to go somewhere. I have to do something. So I literally just prayed. I was like, man, let me figure something out. And then I got on the Internet and was like, let me look up these restrictions. And then I saw that you can have 10 people over at your house. And, like, even the toughest states were like, you can have 10 people over at your house. Right. So I was like, I'm going to go play backyards. I'm in. Perfection. Yeah. And we have to give some love. I've listened to your music before, but we have to give some love to Danielle, the obvious one that actually started this whole thing, got yeah. me in touch with Brad. Um, I call her Big Tall Danielle. Um, every time she comes in, like we do meet and greets, and she gets in the meet and greets, I stand on a bale of hay <laughs> just so I can look her in the eye. Dude, but her, man. She's so cool. And, I mean, she, on the cruise, like she came and introduced herself to me when I did the Brantley cruise. Yeah. And was like, I'm on toad, like trying to, you know, just put you on his radar. I know if I can just get you on his radar, then it's going to happen. And man, she was right. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't know. Heather and I had a conversation today about, about people that you always say, I bet on you. And yeah. I've worked with, um, a couple artists. We both know Austin Burke. I yeah. literally sent him a DM and his first show out of, uh, Arizona was here at Stony's Rock and Country, and I know he'll never forget that. Russell Dickerson, uh, another artist that's played here, played for me seven times. Damn. And um, um, just watching him from the beginning, they're not the only ones, but like they're artists that I've got to see grow. My problem with stuff is is that I like you at this stage. Not yeah. that I don't like you when you get up to the top, but my I think that what I do is I look at it in the sense is, okay, I've, I've, 
I've done what I need to do, and let me go back and find the next one. I've been that way for 25 years. Yeah. I mean, I hope that I become the exception to the rule. Because I, I think you know how much I enjoy, like, and no knock against them. I'm glad that, you know, Russell, you had Brett Young, you had yeah. Luke Combs. Like, no knock against them. I love that their careers blossom, but I think you know my passion for being in rooms like this. Dude, you know? I think that you go back to it, and I think that's what the fun of it is going to be, is that I hope that, you know, that they don't they don't forget that stuff, and they'll come back and play in a market like this and in a venue like this that gave them a shot in the very beginning and never forget. I mean, we've always had these conversations, like, of – don't forget us. It's a joke because this is like what we want you. We want you guys to get so big that you can't come back here. But don't forget us. Like if you come to town, like just don't. Man, it's I, okay to pop I in. Love, no, I'm saying I love this place, and I think there's always a way to make it work. And it, I'm the guy that I don't know. I think it's cooler when like I mean I watched Garth do it. So if if Garth Brooks can do it, we have no excuse. You know, like Garth. That's will, fair statement. Yeah, Garth will play two shows in a smaller room just because he wants to play a smaller room and he's like screw it i'll just play two shows yeah or you know if if it doesn't make sense let me i'll do four shows i don't right. care i'll play four shows well and think about that dude he ain't doing it for the money anymore no man he does it because he absolutely loves it and there's what makes me sad is i think that the amount of those kind of guys are going away few know? and far between yeah music i have a favorite tune you know what it is? Your favorite tune? Yeah. Of mine? Yeah. Boy Like Me. That is. Where'd that song come from? Man, I wrote it by myself in my studio, and uh, I just got to thinking about um, my girlfriend, Jordan, and how I, I say it all the time, there's leagues to, to dating, you know? Yeah. And somehow I found myself in a in a way to where I could I landed in, I guess, the league that she thought I could be in to, to date, and I, I never understood it, like... She's a beautiful girl. She could have whatever she wanted, you know, and be with anybody she wants. Uh, and I just felt like there was a lot of dudes out there that probably feel like I do where they, you know, outkick their coverage and, <laughs> you know. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I was like, man, I, I want to write a song for those guys that just think, man, I'm, I'm lucky. I don't know why. I know about all – I know a lot about a little things, you know. But right. I, one thing I could never figure out is, is why she would want to – date a guy like me i i used to have friends that would always say that in i'm gonna go back maybe 10 years they would say in every relationship there's a settler and a reacher yeah and i used to believe that yeah i was a believer in that because i mean there's it's not it's the league thing yeah. you sit certain things and but you know my mom told me something years and years and years ago and it was just that there's something that you want you work hard enough for it, you're gonna get it period yeah, true like and i mean I've had bad days. I've had bad years. I've had um, bad times in my life. Been in bad places, um, and I've just I, I I talk to God different than other people do. I talk to him when I'm riding my dirt bike. Yeah. Because I'm by myself. I'm in another world. Not just when I'm about to wreck or if I almost wrecked. But yeah. I thank him every, almost every time I ride. Thanks yeah. for that because it's something I need in my life. But my mom was the one that literally would sit down and tell me that you work hard enough for something. You want something hard enough. And that's what kind of changed my mind. That and going to some life coaching stuff. My friend Robin kind of took me under a wing and helped me with a lot of shit because I would always believe that there's a settle and a reacher. And then sometimes you question yourself. Yeah. And you sit back and go, wait, wait a minute. Which one am I in this? Yeah. But yeah. That I, stuff's tough, man. Yeah, and I mean, it's true though. I think anything we want in this life, we can get. Yeah, it's it's the only restriction in life is yourself, you know. Uh, and there's been plenty of people that have proven that over and over again. Yeah, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, you you played a new single last night. I did. What's the name of it? It's called uh, Better Than Me. Better Than Me. Yeah. I believe you told the story on the stage, but for those of you who weren't here because we are at limited capacity at that sellout show last night. Hell yeah, and it's coming out April 30th. I'm gonna. You're the first like DSP platform I get to say when it's coming out. I, and I'm going to play the shit out of it, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying if I get it early, I might slip it, not tell anybody, but there you go. I've been known to do that. Yeah, man, it's our speakeasy rule. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that song? Nope, I don't yeah, know what you're talking yeah, about. That slip, dude. Yeah, it was no, in the queue for on that. the 30th. Yeah, yeah Toad doesn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some people that don't trust me. I don't understand why, but I don't ever like, tell too many people about it. Where did that song come from? Again... Uh, which is so funny because we went from one song I wrote about Jordan to another song I wrote about Jordan uh, on the opposite end of things. Uh, I went up to my studio, wrote this one by myself too, and uh, we had gotten to a really bad fight. And uh, who won? Uh, she always wins. <laughs> but but uh, I just had to ask. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, she always wins. And uh, we were on the brink, you know, like it being done. And we were talking back and forth, and. You know, I went up in the studio and thought about it because at first I was like just mad as hell. And I wrote another song that's going to come out later this year that I, that was the first one that I, I literally just went up in my studio and wrote just gangbusters on being pissed and then trying to figure it out while I was up there. And did but, it feel right, though? Yeah, the first one I was angry, and I wrote an angry one, and I was like, man, I don't know if I really feel that way. Uh, so then I, I sat and thought about it, and I was like, man, I get it. It's – I. I tell people all the time i'm a horrible person to date i'm not easy to date like i'm gone all the time i'm you know always pushing for music my every person who's ever been in my life knows that music is my first love you know right uh so it's it's not an easy thing to do with and i thought well you know if if we do break up i hope she finds somebody better and that it leads to her happiness rather than the the F you song I wanted <laughs> to write. So, yeah, I just I wrote it from that. Experience. She's she's pretty creative herself. Yeah, man, she's super dope. She uh, she was a dental assistant when I first started uh, hanging with her and talking and stuff. And when she moved to Nashville and she started working in dental assistant, she came home one day and she was like, I hate this. And, I mean, I've only done what I've loved my whole life. That's That's all I've ever done. And I was like, God, I mean, if I can figure it out, I know you can figure it out. What do you want to do? And she's like, I just want to be, I want to be creative. I want to make something. So she borrowed this scroll saw from uh, a neighbor, started cutting stuff, and it started to get, like, really good. And then she would post it on her Instagram, and then people were like, hey, can you make me one of those signs? I want you to make this sign. So then it just turned into a straight-up business. So good. now she, got, she doesn't have to do that anymore, and she gets to make signs. I didn't um – follow her at all i would hear all these stories that heather would tell me yeah about stuff she did so yeah. um i saw a photo of her heather showed me something i saw her name so i clicked on it followed her and then i see something in her info whatever and i go to her page because i have a creative yeah kind of little thing with wood as well and yeah. i have a full shop in my backyard that if i have passion with music i've had it for a long time but i also have made so much stuff out of wood that i enjoy it that i've literally through the this pandemic crap i've literally turned stuff around and and found more passion in yeah. ma making stuff so i was like looking through some of her shit and then i thought she was using some sort of a router machine and some programming and then when i saw <laughs> that that she was like freehand jigsaw i was like what the yeah dude she like really prides herself on that because she wants it to be special that no two pieces ever the same and she loves like see she likes her favorite process is drawing it herself on an ipad 
and then making it come to life. Yeah. That's her favorite part is like actually making it come to life. Well, I was watching her putting some of the pieces together yeah. of names and stuff. I'm like, that stuff just, I mean, that's like music to me. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're using something creative and there's an end product that you're sharing with people. Yeah. I think and, it's rad. And she's, I mean, she's done so many different things. She's like really honed in on like what she enjoys doing now. Yeah. Like she's telling, you know, when you're first starting out and hustling, you just kind of say yes to everything, you know? And now she's getting to a place where she doesn't have to say yes to everything. She can just say yes to the stuff that she really is passionate about doing. And uh, so I'm, I'm amped for her, man. Crazy. Yeah. I, uh, we got a, <laughs> Uh, a 60 piece we make these oversized scrabble tiles on my cnc yeah, machine at yeah. home and uh i talked to the girl and told her that um some of the pieces broke on it had to order them they came in from china and they came in so uh my next like four or five days that's all i'm doing is is i guess i'm cutting wood and Hell making yeah. scrabble tiles i have to draw dog paws which see i like doing stuff like that yeah too. that's awesome and some i did some freehand hearts and she this lady happened to see him on her etsy thing and kind of was like dude can you do this this and this and she's like i like how you did that can you make it a little bit different i'm like i don't like doing two stuff isn't, two things the same isn't it awesome that like now we can do anything we want like Literally with some drive. Yeah. You can literally do anything you want now. I, Heather, so I, I wanted the CNC machine for a long time mm-hmm. because I just saw it and I was like, it's like three, four grand to buy the damn thing. Yeah, they're expensive, dude. And I'm like, I wanted it, I wanted it, I wanted it. And she was like, well, I want to get these these tiles. And I'm like, dude, it's just a tile and someone put a, a sticker, a die cut sticker. That's stupid. Why would you want that on your wall? Yeah. And so I just pulled the trigger one day. It came, took me and Sparky two days to put the thing together and get it to work. And now I'm just having so much fun. I've made so many neat things from it. And it's yeah. it's enjoyable. It's a freedom. I sold my boat. I don't get to surf anymore. Not yet. I can tell you right now, Heather and I were talking about this again today, too. If I had the boat, I know where, where exactly where we would be tomorrow. Yeah. It would be just this little, I don't if you ask Sparky, even ask Heather how many people have been on her boat when we had it, dude, it's six. Small group. Small. Her brother and sister, Sparky and Ray, Jason. Love it. And that's just how we roll. And I had the thing for three years. That's crazy. Yeah. But I wish I still had it just for, I mean, it's beautiful here. The weather's beautiful right dude, now, and it would have been. Mentally, just being out on a boat, I think, helps mental health. I mean, that's why I like riding motorcycles so much. Yeah. I purposely have one that doesn't have, I got an Indian scout that it doesn't have any of the speakers or anything on it so I can get on it and there's nothing. I put my helmet on and I can ride on my bike and there's literally nothing. It's just me, my head and the highway, you know. I ride with headphones in my ear and I put my phone um on silent. So yeah. if I get a phone call it's the only time it goes off, but I just listen to music and I clear my head and I talk to God and it's Dude, kind of like yeah. I'm, same. I don't so much like riding with people on a regular basis cuz they all like to stop. Yeah. I don't like to stop. I just yeah. want to go get what I need done and then come back home. I call it my gym. Yeah, dude. Do you, ride, do you ride dirt bikes? I've never ridden a dirt bike. Oh, I ain't going to be that guy then. Uh, but <laughs> I, I I, would love to do it. I mean, yeah. you know, it's especially out here. Like, I'm not going to ride like how Sparky rides, though. That's Sparky? He rides a mountain bike. He doesn't ride dirt bikes. Yeah, like, that's right. <laughs> dude, that was insane, though. Like, how fast he goes on that thing is He's retarded. Nuts. I'm like, dude, I'm, I was waiting the whole time when he was doing those uh, uh, videos, yeah. you know? I was like, God, dude, the whole time I'm waiting for him to crash. I thought that's why he was posting it, because he's like, oh, check this fallout. Like, I thought that was he was going to do. Yeah. And he does He's a nut. Dude, it's insane. And it's he is flying. He he is, uh, uh, he's very prideful in golf. He's very prideful on his bike. He's a good dude. And um, I took him out on my dirt bike, and we ride. And I, I ride at a different pace when I ride with other people. And he's just hanging right with me. It's kind of cool. Damn, and That's awesome. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it. If you want to ride a dirt bike tomorrow, I'm not saying I got two in my garage. 
Bro, but that's on you. If you want, I, I, like, there's a dry lake bed thing right next to my house that we can. Dude, I'm down to ride. I'd love to ride. Not even joking. I got two. I got a 250 and a 450. Oh, let's go. I want to <laughs> ride. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Cool. That's it. Yeah. Dude, highlight of 2020, other than getting out and doing your music stuff, because we knew that you had fun with that. Did you have something that you took personal that you learned through 2020 and the pandemic? And Yeah, don't do anything. Um, don't do anything that if the music business, okay, music is what I love. The business part I don't like. And 2020 made me discover that even more that I was out doing something for everybody else. And when you do that, it turns what you like into something that you hate and it makes you a puppet and not something that is, you know, a passion anymore. Yeah. And 2020 stripped all that other stuff away to where I could see what I genuinely loved about my job and what I didn't like about my job. Right. So now if I, if I don't want to, do it or I don't think it's gonna bring me happiness. I just don't do it. Beautiful. And dude, that's a and good I thing. got a dope manager, man, that just Brad's thing all the time is like, you know, money's money. Don't do anything for money. Do it if you want to do it because it's gonna make you happy, let's do that. And if this if there's something that doesn't make you happy, let's figure something else out that can make up and supplement to get rid of the things that don't make you happy. And I just think it took having a really good you know, person, friend, and smarts guy, you know, in my life to go, hey, this is what works for you, and this is what I know resonates, and I don't like the guy that you were turning into when you had to do a whole bunch of shit that you didn't want to do. Right. So how do we change that? He's a neat dude. I th- we, we we talked about this over over dinner the other night, was that, that uh, I learned so much from him just by standing on the side and seeing how, what role he played in your life as a musician, as a friend, as everything, because... Yeah. Um, you asked him to do something he had never done before. Yeah. And uh, he was honest with you, from what I understand, saying oh, yeah. that, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. But watching him, there was an artist here that's, that's um, wh- whatever level you want to call it, but her whole camp went out of their way to say hi to him, yeah. express their, their genuine interest that he was there and their happiness that he was there. And that was pretty freaking cool, dude. Oh, dude. He's, I mean, it's a reflection of him as a person. Hundred like, percent, and the relationships that he has are real relationships, and he's a betting guy too, man. I okay. think that's why I click with you so much. Is I I enjoy people who see something in other people that they can't even see in themselves sometimes. Sure, and they bet on them because some that can change a person's whole perspective on their life and what they're doing. Is just to have one person want to bet on them. It's it's you know? it's, it's all it takes in everything, man, in yeah. everything. That's that opportunity, the chance. That yeah. desire, that drive to see something. I mean, I've been blessed in music to do the stuff that I've wanted to do from the independent stuff. But I go back to I know I'm a I'm a college football freak. I love college basketball. When yeah. you get into pro stuff, I just can't watch it because I think they lose something. They lose something. And I think that's what my thing is with music. I like the guys that are still struggling, trying, drive, humble, getting to that level. When they get to where they want, some of them change. There is which, something beautiful in the guys that are just under the mark. Yeah. You know? There's they can, something they can see that light or taste like, it. I or mean, some of my favorite musicians are that way. Yeah. You know, like I love Jason Isbell. Like right. guy can still go to Walmart and shop with his family, but he can also go and sell the rhyming out two nights in a row by himself on an right. acoustic guitar. Very talented like, dude. Yeah. Amazing songwriter. Gets to do what he loves and gets to 
do that but have both you know like just under the radar which is like a very awesome sweet spot to live in you know i sit back and i go to that thing that like i've i've had conversation with some artists that complain about where they are um what level they're at and what they can't go to walmart or target or something like that and my attitude is you chose this yeah period end of story you knew it was coming you had that goal i can guarantee that you laid in your bed at night and just prayed that that's where you would be and then you're there and you forgot that prayer Yep. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to hear the stories from some of the guys that, you know, talk about that. And I, that's exactly what you said is what I say all the time. It hits the nail on the head with that. It's like what you speak is that can be your truth. Yeah. So make sure that you're really thinking about what you're speaking because I really enjoy being the guy that's on the indie label, the guy that's got to work, you know, a little harder but also gets to, I feel like I get to live a cooler life than some of, you know, some of the other stuff that you, goes on. Brad brought up something <laughs> kind of as a, as a, I don't know if he was serious or whatever, the whole tour managing thing. And I sit back and I think about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you get to that certain level. We've had artists that come through here and we don't see them until they go on stage yeah. because they're pulled in so many directions. They yeah. have all these obligations as an artist to radio, to other radio, to this particular thing, or they had this schedule, and I just sit back and I'm like, that can't, that can't be fun. I went and saw Justin Moore at, the, at Red Rock, and I, and I watched his meet and greet, and I just watched, dude, he doesn't have any time to relax. Nope, and yeah. it, you know what else sucks? Is he'll play something like Red Rocks, which would be one of his biggest career moments for him. That's something that's huge. And he didn't even get to take it in that day yeah. because he has so much stuff that he has to do. And that's the part that I didn't like about. And I, I told you, like, I don't ever want to sound like I, I'm not grateful because I'm extremely grateful that I get to play music for a job and that's how I pay my bills. But when you get to that bus level, which where I was just before COVID, even first of three, you're allowed to meet a certain amount of people because they paid extra money. You can't walk out and watch the show anymore. Like, you can't go enjoy the show because there is somebody that paid extra money to say hi, which I also think is weird. I don't think anybody should have to pay an extra dollar to come and say hi to me. Sure. I, I hate that. Yeah. Like, you know, so uh, they were already nice enough to want to just see me in general to play. So I don't feel like they have to pay extra for me to go out there and say thank you for being here, you know. So I just, that part I didn't like. I only got limited time with them on all those so now people who paid extra money they're also telling me i can only have freaking two minutes with them and they're pulling them away yeah, and, and it's awful. Have someone else. That yeah. is, it's night dude it's a nightmare for me the whole time i'm doing that i'm like this sucks and you got to use uh the people's camera most of the time they'd be pissed if people try to take their own cell phones or selfies yeah. so i got in trouble every single night because somebody was always like you want a selfie and i'm like yeah let's go and then it, they would yell at me for letting them pull their cell phone out and do it because they want they're on these time limits and i'm like right. this sucks this person not only did they pay the however many dollars for the ticket then they paid another you know forty dollars to come say hi and now you're saying i can only talk to them for two minutes like yeah if i can only talk to 35 people cool i want longer than two minutes to say hi yeah, well, wh- that's not even fair no in saying that uh that show where i took Alyssa up and introduced the cadillac three yeah the, the band that was headlining that night was Dan and Shay. They had this meet and greet. Well, they pulled us in there, and the thing was no photos, no signing. You literally walk up, say hi, they take the picture, and you move. Nothing personal about it at all. Those two dudes stopped, saw my kid's hat, signed it, took pictures with our phones. They stopped the whole line because they're, like, probably thinking the same thing that you are. Is what the hell is this? Like, yeah. let, let us be us. But, I mean, I understand there's that timeline, but 
I don't that that whole idea of of being that guy that has to stop that because we see it here. There's some artists that come yeah. through here and they're just they're a you certain know, way, a certain time, and you're like, and you know what sucks, dude? And this is what people don't understand. A lot of times, those meet and greets and how those things go, they'll put it on the artist. But what a lot of people don't understand is those artists, they don't even get to see a lot of that money, that that extra money. Sure. What they're doing, standing in that line, being at that point puppets, they're not even allowed to be personal anymore. They're just making more money for their label, their management, their PR, their whatever. It's not like it's not even a personal financial gain for them and it's not personally fun for them either <laughs> you know like i enjoy i'm i mean i like to write songs best way to write songs is to hear stories i love it when people and you know what sucks is i have a lot of military men and women that like to come to my shows and i don't ha- i don't like to have to tell a guy who just got back from iraq that he can only talk to me for 2 minutes stupid that i hate right. that and it gives me anxiety <laughs> like so it's so giving me want, anxiety right yeah, now dude, <laughs> I, yeah how rude is that you know like super like i wouldn't even be able to stand in this line if this well, guy I, didn't go fight for me you know sure i would think that you would carry that on as you get bigger and bigger and bigger and that's something that that, that you could pride yourself on maybe that would be something that could could change in the industry I think that that 2020 gives everyone from a venue to a fan uh, to an artist to hopefully a label and a booking agent to actually see that things are changing and things are evolving and it's a working unit. And what we're doing tonight is an opportunity. What we did for the next six weeks is an opportunity for artists to come out, uh, do what they love, hustle. Yeah. Make make some money for the venue. Make some money for the artist. M- make the crowd happy. Give people something that they like. And you saw firsthand our fight that we go through here in Vegas as as a venue with the Both county. Nights. With yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sorry. Both nights. Yeah. Where they they come out and it's just tough. You know, it's tough. But at the end of the day is like this is a, this is a chance for everyone to express, see, love. I saw everyone last night happy. Super freaking happy. I watched the stuff online today, and I was like, just the people posting stuff. And, and they excel it. And I want to say, too, because I know the people who come to these shows for sure listen to this. Know that if I could be out there at all those tables and hang out every single one of you, I would. Yeah. But you have the way that the county has been at this place, you have to eggshell everything. And also, dude, like you were totally down to even let me bend and break the rules and walk out there. With no, you know, like I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, but <laughs> that's bullshit, but, Sam. That didn't happen. I know, but <laughs> I, and I won't say all the things we did, but I just want people to know that I wasn't being a dick. Like yeah. I, I want to come out and hang, but the county is just they're tough on us. Yeah, man. dude. And I don't want to get you already are doing such a cool freaking thing. I don't want to do anything else that can make this go away. Right. So to be selfish, that's selfish because I want these other musicians and people to be able to come out and play, and I don't want to do anything else that makes it more difficult absolutely you know? we appreciate that more than anything but yeah there's that there's that fine line of hey man you just went to the bar to get a drink and someone happened to walk up to you and say yeah Hi. and see and that's how that was cool how we could play it and that was cool enough like you're cool enough to explain it like hey if we do this then uh, we're we can, cool we can we're cool but we can't do the table to table yeah. thing. like you just can't which sucks again but i just want to make that clear i don't i want people to know that you're totally down for me to go out there and hang with everybody yeah. but the freaking county is just being rough jerks. Dog. they're yeah. just being jerks total, yeah. total fucking jerks. yeah dude that's rough sweet well i'll look forward to uh we're if everything goes right hopefully may 1st some stuff changes around here and we could probably look at maybe something july august dude. get this full band shit back here so we can actually have a lot of fun um because i've yet to experience a sam grow show with oh man with a full band so and, much um, 
I mean, the the guys in my band, they're they're all rockers, you know. So right. like, it's very guitar slinger when we do the live shows full out. Like Tinley and Mike, they they do dueling guitars. They right, you know, do the whole thing. So it's it's a lot of fun. And maybe that. maybe just maybe let that Johnny guy come back out here again. Too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, he was so upset. He was like, "Yeah, of course." You play sellout shows and I don't get to come out and play. That sucks, <laughs> dude. Totally fine. I love that, dude. I love that you brought him out here. Um, and happened to be a buddy. I know that when we first booked this, I asked Brad about if he was going to come out. And he's like, "You want him to?" I'm like, "Dude, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking is is just going to be part of your group just so we could get stuff settled on our side." I didn't care. That dude was phenomenal. But yeah, man. and that's how you find people like that. Yeah. We have to go. Um, thanks for hanging out, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Thanks for having me, dude. Sam Grow, where do they find you online? Just Sam Grow Music. Uh, they can find me Sam Grow Music on Instagram, Facebook, all that. Just make sure it's got the blue check. If it doesn't have the blue check, it's not me. And I don't have any other personal accounts. None of that stuff. You're not gonna send me 500 bucks yeah, just because yeah, I'm giving my account I'm not number. Doing it. If it ain't got the blue check, it's not me. I promise. Thanks for the time, dude. Thank you. It's hard to drive around